0: teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to maximize their lives regardless of their immigration status, and that's exactly what we're going to do here. I am your immigration lawyer and host, Otis Landerholm, and this is the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. All right. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here. Welcome to another episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live. We're live, ladies and gentlemen. It is the 18th of May of 2023. My name is Otis Landerholm. I am the founding attorney here at Landerholm Immigration, APC, where we fight for your American dream. And I'm happy to be here. Today we're talking about waivers. What are waivers? Why are they necessary? How do you get them approved? What are, what are waivers, all right? And so welcome to everybody tuning in, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, like, like welcome, and thank you all so much for being here. So remember, the Empowered Immigrant Live is here to train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to make the most out of immigration law and to make the most out of their lives, So today our theme is, what are waivers and why are they necessary? And my question for you is, hey, do you want to get a green card, right? Is this your year to come out of the shadows, to apply for something, to try to fix your immigration situation? Because if so, go for it, all right? And I would love to help you with that. My firm is on a mission to win 10,000 green cards in the next 10 years. We would love for your case to be one of them. All right, so thank you to everyone who um, has asked questions ahead of time, and if you have questions as I'm going, um, then send it over. You know, this is live, so I'll answer any questions that you have just right here live. The best way to do that is to text it to us in whatever app you're using, and I'll do my best to uh, to answer any questions that are out there, okay? So... Um, Uh, I want to start today with an empowerment tip. I like to uh, um, do uh, coaching and empowerment um, for um, my team, yes, but also for our clients. And so, um, you know, I like to do an empowerment, uh, like like a coaching minute, um, as part of our Friday meetings within my team every single week. But uh, I like to bring an empowerment tip to these conversations, too. So my tip today is to create clarity. All right? You want, you want the people in your life to be clear and uh, to be clear on what you want, to be clear on what you're going for. And this is a tip for relationships. It's a tip for businesses. It's a tip for self-improvement. Okay? If you want to achieve something big, whatever that is for you, you want to buy your first house, or you want to start a business, or you want to improve the business you've already got, or you want to improve your family life in some way, or you want to uplevel your immigration status. Whatever it is, it will help you to achieve it if you create clarity with the people in your lives about what you want. Husband, wife, Spouse, I love you, and this is my vision for where I want to be 10 years from now. I want to fix our legal situation. Let's schedule a consult with an attorney to at least see how we can fix our legal situation. Creating clarity. Husband, wife, spouse, I love you. I want to be clear with you. I want a house where we can, where we don't have to, you know, be spending money on rent every single month. A place that we can call our own. This is part of my vision for the future, right? Husband, spouse, wife, whatever. I want to be clear with you. I want to create whatever it is for my life. You know, or if you're in a business, you know, uh, everybody who's working with you hey, this is the vision that I see for how to move things forward, how to create something that's of value that'll provide something worthwhile for our clients. Like, let's share the vision. It was in 2021 when I created my first actual like vision statement for our firm. And now every single team member that's coming in, they've got to go through an exercise where they see the vision that we're working towards. And it's like it's helped our office. It's helped our office. And I do that with my wife also. It helps our relationship. And that way it's like when anything gets off track in your life or when things aren't going well, you can have something to refer back to your vision. Your, your, you have a clear guideline of something you're, everybody's working towards. It can allow you to stay on chat on track. It can allow you to achieve your goal. It's a way to bring into your life and to cause in your life whatever it is you're wanting. Got it? Create clarity. That's my empowerment tip for today. So uh, thank you for listening to that. Hope it was useful. Hope it was helpful. If it was, let me know. If it wasn't, Hey, let me know that too, you know? Uh, so that's great. So um, now I want to switch gears and I want to talk about waivers. Our topic for today is waivers, all right? In, in my firm, we love winning complex waivers, all right? We've, we've had a client, we've actually had multiple clients in this same situation, but we had a client who was denied her green card, right? Denied. Because the government said that she had lied when she was a teenager, when she had first gotten her first visa to enter the U.S., because she accidentally, or maybe not, she failed to put her parents' information on her visa paperwork. And they said that she had lied, specifically because her parents had been in the United States, right? And that information wasn't on her her original application for her original visa to enter the U.S. And so now, years later, she's married to a U.S. citizen. She's going through the process. They say, sorry, you lied all those years ago, so we're denying your green card today. And what they made her do is they made her file a fraud waiver. A waiver, right? When when they say there was a willful misrepresentation of a material fact, it creates a problem. It creates an inadmissibility. That's the legal term. And it requires a waiver. Now, that waiver is uh, made possible uh, by Section 212I of the Immigration Nationality Act. It allows people to request a waiver of uh, willful misrepresentation, uh, immigration fraud. Okay, But in order to win that waiver, she had to show and she hired our office to help her show that her U.S. citizen spouse would suffer an extreme level of hardship without her. And so we had to put her husband through a psychological evaluation, through several, multiple appointments to complete a detailed declaration. We ended up submitting 200, more than 200 pages worth of documents to the government, asking the government, please forgive any misrepresentation that happened all those years ago. Then we had to wait. Let's wait, all right? Let's wait two and a half years. Now it's taking over three years. And finally, her green card was approved. Okay? Now she's got a green card. She's she's done. She's a lawful permanent resident of the United States through her marriage to a U.S. citizen. They waived what they called was the immigration fraud. Complex waivers are winnable, people. There is hope even when you're facing that type of thing. Work with a lawyer, all right? Lawyer, that's what lawyers are for. We're gonna help you resolve complex legal problems. That's what it's all about, okay? All right, so what is a waiver? A waiver, this term waiver, el perdón in Spanish, right? What is a waiver? It's a formal way of asking forgiveness. Please, government, forgive, waive, excuse, right? Whatever problem in the past happened that caused my quote-unquote inadmissibility. There are lots of waivers in immigration law. All right, you read the Immigration Nationality Act. I mean, you'll see waivers, that term is used over and over and over again. Right there are waivers that could be uh, used to forgive unlawful presence in the United States, waived on Form I-601A. There's waivers like the one I mentioned that are there to waive fraud or willful misrepresentation of a material fact. All right, there's waivers, quote unquote, of deportations. All right, on Form I-212. Not easy, but they are possible all right? There's waivers of some crimes. Some crimes are waivable, other crimes are not, right? Um, Crimes can be waived in certain circumstances on Form I-601. Some alien smuggling, right? You helped another person enter the United States, as long as that person is your um, uh, spouse, parent, son, or daughter, you know, you can request a waiver of that, if it's another person, you can't, okay? So uh, you're not allowed to, to assist in the bringing unlawfully of anybody, anybody. So it's, uh, it's uh, that's, anyway, so th- that's the basics. That's what a waiver is. It's like the first thing to look at when we're doing a waiver isn't... Uh, You know, what waiver are we submitting and and how to do it? Really, the first thing to look at is, what are we waiving? What are the problems in the past? And are those problems even waivable? Because some things cannot be waived. False claims to citizenship, for example, cannot be waived if you lied saying you were a U.S. citizen. Right, Certain issues, alien smuggling of somebody who's not your spouse, parent, son, or daughter, can't be waived. All right. So how do you get the waiver approved? Well, it depends on what you're waiving. But let's take the issue of unlawful presence. It's the most common waiver by far. All right. To waive unlawful presence, you've got to show that you have a U.S. US citizen or a lawful permanent resident, spouse or parent. All right, spouse or parent who would suffer quote-unquote extreme hardship if your waiver weren't granted. That's like the most common waiver. Many times we talk about a waiver case and that's what we're talking about, an extreme hardship waiver case. But not all waivers are the same, okay? Um, For example, TPS uh, allows temporary protected status, sometimes requires a waiver, and that waiver requires a showing that the that the waiving of the problem is in the national interest, or otherwise for humanitarian purposes. All right? So, but anyway, how do you show extreme hardship? How do you show extreme hardship to a spouse or a parent? Well, in our firm, we look to medical issues, psychological issues, financial issues, personal issues, safety, well-being issues professional, career-related issues, any other harm that we can imagine. You know, you've got to show extreme hardship. You've got to document every single way you can possibly think of. Sometimes it requires getting creative and really working together, all right, to document not what you, the immigrant, would suffer, but what your spouse or your parent would suffer if your waiver were denied. That's the way it works. So if you're just tuning in, welcome, and thank you for being here. My name's Otis Landerholm. Welcome to the Empowered Immigrant Live. We're talking about waivers, all right? And so where do you submit a waiver like that? Well, normally it's to USCIS. Sometimes there are waivers that you can submit to an immigration judge if you're in immigration court, Okay. So that's basically it. That's basically how waivers work. And, um, you know, as I said, some things are waivable, some things are not. And the first step is to really look at what needs to be waived. Um, And one way that we do that, just just to kind of explain that a little bit, is we often recommend starting a case by requesting FOIAs, by really going deep and requesting all of the records that immigration has in their database on your case. And that's a tool, right? It's a method that lawyers use to make sure we're screened for all of the inadmissibility issues. And of course, we do a consultation, Okay. So, um, so that's all that, uh, that I want to discuss today. I want to get into your questions here. Um, I see a couple. There was one question earlier from Rosa. All right. Rosa, you're saying I need an asylum. I need help with my asylum case. I escaped my country from persecution, from political persecution, and I need help with my asylum case. Well, you know, um, Rosa, thank you for reaching out. And I'm sorry that you were going through that in your country. And yeah, we take, you know, our office handles asylum cases from all over the world. Uh, we, uh, we would love to help you with that. The best way to get in touch with us is contact us. You could call us. You could text us. Um, and just start the consultation process. All right? Uh, right now, our office charges $95 uh, to do a consultation. And my consultations team is awesome. And you'll find that it is well worth it. Okay? And so, um, good. I see a question here from Yuliana. All right? And, and Rosa, first of all, thank you for asking your question. We, we, we love asylum cases. We'd love to work with you and help you with that. All right, so Yuliana, I see your question here. Thank you for that. You say, can an I-601A waiver be filed by someone who entered unlawfully in 2006, got caught at the border, was returned to Mexico, and a few weeks later came back to the U.S. without incident? All right. Have you seen successful early retractions of false claim to citizenship? Okay, those are two very, very different questions. Let's go through them one at a time. Question number one, can an I-601A waiver be filed by someone who entered illegally in 2006, got caught at the border, was returned to Mexico, and a few weeks later came back to the U.S. without incident? Answer, yes. Yes, 100%, absolutely yes, except, all right, the exception is if when they were caught at the border, they were also... Given a quote unquote expedited removal order, if they were actually deported when they were caught in 2006, then, and, and only in that situation, would they then they triggered a permanent bar by re entering afterwards. Okay? So the, the way my process in a case like this is step one request FOIAs see if we can get to the bottom of what record exists from 2006 when they were caught at the border. If it was, if it was, not, if it was just a they were caught, they said, hey, we've got to send you back to Mexico. We're not going to make it a formal deportation order. We're just, it's a voluntary return process back to Mexico. You're withdrawing your request for admission, right? Then, okay. Great, and then you re-entered, there's no permanent bar there, there's no, uh, there, you didn't have unlawful presence in the United States, so there's no real inadmissibility yet. The I-601A, though, can be filed, and that's the right form to do in this situation, to waive what would become the 10-year bar if a person were to leave to go to the consulate. All right, so Juliana, your first question there, Yes. You can file an I-601A waiver, even for someone who entered unlawfully in 2006, was caught at the border, returned to Mexico, and then re-entered, as long as it was not a, quote-unquote, expedited removal order in 2006, because that would would have caused their re-entry to trigger a permanent bar. Okay? Juliana, if you have questions about that question, contact my office. We'd love to help you. Your second question is also a good one and a complex one. You say, have you seen successful early retractions of false claims to citizenship? The answer to there also is yes, all right? When a person says, I am a US citizen, they check the box on form I-9 for employment and says, I am a US citizen, all right? They say in some other context, I am a US citizen, all right? Maybe they're not being careful. Maybe they intended it. Maybe, you know, sometimes that's the fraud. The law recognizes that a person can make a quote-unquote timely retraction of the false claim. And now there is a lot of questions and a lot of room for interpretation as to how early is timely all right? Some courts have said it's got to happen, you've got to retract that false claim in the exact same meeting, in the exact same interview where you said the false claim, right? Yes, I'm a U.S. citizen, hang on a second, time out, I'm not actually, you know? You think about it for two seconds, wait a second, I need to clarify this, I'm not actually a U.S. citizen. Other courts have said, as long as you retract it before submitting your whatever you're submitting to immigration right as long as you as long as you go through the retraction process before you initiate anything with immigration, then that can be considered timely okay And so there's a uh, there's, room for argument there. There's room for litigation there. Cases like this are complex, and you want to be able to dot your I's and cross your T's and to be clear with your client and to be clear with USCIS also about what is your strategy, what is your argument, what is your plan? Because if you're trying cases like this, sometimes you got to be ready to fight throughout the court system because there's a lot of uh, uncertainty in the law okay you got to be willing to push the envelope a little bit and really if you're if you're an attorney doing this it's like let's really be clear with clients about you know what the risks are because ultimately you file this type of case and you lose that you could be put into deportation proceedings the best way to do this type of case is if you have a plan b you know Maybe you're filing for your green card, you're arguing there was not a false claim to citizenship because you've retracted it, but in the alternative, you've got a U visa that you could apply for, or in the alternative, they send you to court, you could, apply, you could request for cancellation or asylum even, right? Anyway, lots of, uh, lots of strategies there. Juliana, thank you for asking that question. Um, if you have question, more questions about it, please feel free to contact our office, all right? Sculpted from nothing. I see you there. Aloha. I see you there on Instagram. I appreciate it. Everybody tuning in on YouTube. Hello. Facebook. Hello. Uh, LinkedIn. TikTok. Instagram. Like. Thank you all so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I hope this is helpful. All right. I really, uh, I really do. And I appreciate you're giving me a little bit of time here today. So that's uh, that's it for today, I really appreciate it. If you still have a question that I haven't answered, please submit it, I'd love to answer it in the future. And if this was useful, I'd love it if you gave us a little thumbs up or a heart or whatever, give us some love in the app that you're using. Um, And if the content really uh, uh, resonated with you, please subscribe to our channel in YouTube and click the notifications bell and you can get a notification every time we update uh, or we uh, upload additional updates, news, things like that. Did you guys know that I was in the news last week? Isn't that cool? I was interviewed on ABC News. That's kind of fun. Uh, so, uh, so check that out if you're interested. It was a, anyway, it was, just, it was fun. And, hey, if you have an immigration case, please give us a call. We are here to help. We would love to help. My consultations team is truly outstanding. And, uh, and we're here uh, to answer questions that you have, okay? So thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. Again, I'm Otis Landerholm, Landerholm Immigration, APC, where we fight for your American dream. We'll see you next time on our next episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live, ladies and gentlemen. All right, thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye.